All right, Psalm 30. What did we talk about this morning? Joy. Joy. Isn't it a wonderful thing knowing the Lord? The joy that He's brought to our life, the joy that He has brought to everything that we do in every aspect of life, good or bad, the joy that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. We talked about the, the source of that joy this morning. We talked about the continuation of that joy and how to, what to do, the things to do in service of the Lord to continue to walk in that joy. Uh, I've learned as a child of God that when you get saved, your interests, your cares, your worries, they all begin to change. You know, the lost man worries about their vehicle being broke down. The lost man worries about physical worldly things that doesn't really matter. But when a man or a woman meets Jesus, the things that they care about begins to change. And when you get saved, your cares begin to change. And it's amazing to me how even when you get saved, that watching the news can change. And how you take the news. I'm going to be honest, as a child of God, I can't hardly watch the news. It breaks my heart and breaks my soul. And it's amazing as a child of God what bothers me today because I'm saved compared to when I wasn't saved in the silly little physical things that used to bother me. But now it's more than physical, it's spiritual things. I'll be honest, the economic uh, well-being of our country does not stress me out. It doesn't bother me. But to look on there and to see that they, this nation has opposed the ways of God, that bothers me. And I'm going to be honest, it, it doesn't bother me to look and to see the stock market crash or to see that uh, our taxes are going to be more. It doesn't bother me to see that stuff because God's going to take care of us. Amen? But it bothers me to look out and to see a nation who has, by majority, opposed the Lord in the ways of God. That bothers me. May I, may I tell you, I'm okay with my truck breaking down. But I'm not alright with somebody dying and going to hell. And it ought to rip our hearts out to know that people are lost and dying and going to hell. And it's amazing as a child of God, the people and the things that you care about that you didn't care about before. And when we talk about this joy, the only issue that you will have in being a Christian is the conviction that you will have upon your heart. The worry that you will have over individuals. The things that will concern you. But I want you to look in Psalm 30 and verse 5. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But joy cometh in the morning. I want to talk to you tonight about joy cometh in the morning. Psalm 126. Psalm 126, and that will be our main text tonight. Psalm 126. I want us to notice, number one, there is a time for weeping. There is a time for weeping. Psalm 126 and verse 5. The psalmist said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth 
and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. It's amazing as a child of God the things that bother you, the worry that you have. What about child of God, that grandchild? What about that child that's not serving the Lord? What about those individuals, your neighbors that you've prayed for? Those that your heart is truly burdened for. And, and that's the difference, I believe, in lost and saved. There's a lot of things that bother lost people. But there's things that save people that ought to burden us. That ought to convict us. That ought to be a weight there. You, you shouldn't be alright with somebody dying and going to hell, okay? If somebody dies and go to hell, we ought to care about it. We ought to be concerned about it. It ought to uh, rip our hearts out with burden and conviction for those individuals, okay? And so the text that we get into in Psalm 126 simply goes in to bringing forth that seed and bearing that seed, dealing with lost people, preaching the gospel message. I want you to know that as God's people, there is a time for weeping. There is a time for weeping. Notice what he said in verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Weeping is the act of shedding tears. It is the actual act of crying. You say, preacher, it's not popular to cry. Especially if you're a man. It's not popular to cry. But the Bible says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. How many times have you heard, get over it, quit crying about it? I've said it a bunch to my kids, okay? How many times have we got to that point? Well, it's not worth crying for. And some things are not worth crying for. But there are some things that are worth crying for. And the souls of our families are worth crying for. And the souls of our loved ones are worth crying for. I guarantee you it's worth us humbling ourselves before the Lord weeping on behalf of our family and friends that do not know the Lord. Weeping for them. Weeping means that we are concerned. God's people need to be concerned. Weeping means that we care about their well-being. Weeping means that we are invested in them coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's not good enough to sit back and say they need to be saved and not doing anything about it. And yes, we need to go preach. Yes, we need to go tell them. But may I tell you, there is a part in here that there is a time for us to weep over lost souls. There is a time for us to cry. How many of you grandmas and grandpas that you do anything to see your grandkids in the church house? That you'll see anything to see them come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. May I tell you, there's a time of weeping. It may take us weeping over them for their soul and for their well-being. That God would answer our prayer and send conviction to them. May I tell you that I'm glad people have, uh, have wept for me. I'm glad that people have shed tears on my behalf. But how many tears have you shed on other people's behalf? We need to weep over people. That's not popular. It's, you know, it's a sign of weakness for a man to cry. 
What do you mean cry? But I'm going to tell you something. Weeping is a place of brokenness. That you get to that place that you're showing God. God, I am invested and I am sold out to see this individual saved. I am sold out to see my grandkids get in church and know you. I am sold out to see my kids follow you and serve you and my neighbors. That we get to the place of brokenness that we just weep with tears in prayer. Have you ever had something burden you so much that all you could do was go before the Lord and just cry? And just cry? And just cry? May I tell you that my mama cried, and she cried, and she cried, and I praise God for every tear that she ever shed for me. Praise God for every tear that she shed over me. I am where I am tonight because of of a mama's tear. May I tell you that those tears that she poured out on my behalf to my Heavenly Father is why I'm standing here today. God never quit on me. God never gave up on me. And my mama went and went and went. And she sowed in tears. And she reaped in joy. You sow in tears. You say, I don't need to cry. Friend, Jesus cried. And if Jesus can cry, I think it's alright for us to cry. I know, men, it's not popular. I know. But let me, let me tell you this. There are some things worth crying over. John 11. If you would go with me. I want to look at three places that Jesus cried. And who He cried over. He cried over a man and a family. May I tell you, He cried because He cared. He cried because He was invested. Jesus cried because He was compassionate. But He wanted to see results. He wanted to see things change. I want you to look in verse 34. And said, Where have ye laid Him? They said unto Him, Lord, come and see Jesus wept. This is the act of shedding tears. Then said the Jews, Behold, how He loved Him. The Jews sat back and they said, Oh, look at how much He loved this man. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused even this man should not have died? Jesus wept. It tore His heart to pieces. It broke him down to see what was going on here. And there was two things going on here. And there's two sides of this. And the way that you normally hear it preached is this. That his friend was was dead. And that Mary and Martha was weeping. And he was so compassionate that he began to weep with them. I believe Jesus cares about what we're going through. Amen? And I believe that He is so compassionate that when He sees our hearts ripped to shreds, that He cares about what we're going through. And it it got Him to that place that He was so concerned that He began to weep over their their well-being. But here's the other point. And this is what I think was really going on here. You see, Jesus knew that He was dead, but He also knew that He was fixing to be alive again. And I believe this is where Jesus wept because not necessarily because of the emotional state of these people, but because of the spiritual state of these people. He just told Mary and Martha, if you believe in me, you will have everlasting life and you'll never die. 
He just told them that if you believe in me, you will have life for all of eternity. And they still cried. And they still did not have faith. And all the people of their disbelief that Jesus was the Lord of life and that He could bring life again. He just told them. And He said, oh, if you would just believe, you could see the glory of my Father. Oh, if you could just see. And here's these women broken down. And there's Jesus in front of them. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the life. If you trust in me, there will be life. And there's these women broken down. Yes, I believe He was concerned about their well-being. But I believe He was concerned about their disbelief. That it got Him to the place that He wept over them. I wonder how many times Jesus has wept over me in my disbelief. How many times that I go through life and I ought to be trusting Him and He looks down and He sees this disbelief in my life and He's weeping over me. He's weeping because I'm not trusting Him. Be buddy, He's told me a long time ago, I got this. You trust me. You follow me every step of the way. But every day I mess up. Every day I'm weak. Every day... I make mistakes. And I wonder how many times a day he looks down over Josh and he weeps because of his his unbelief. His unwillingness to follow Jesus. Jesus wept over the unbelief of these people and I believe Jesus still weeps for unbelief. I believe every time that we're not trusting Him, it rips the heart of God out. May, May I tell you that God gave everything for us. Amen? He invested in us. He put it all on us. How dare us not to have faith in Him? How dare us not to trust Him with everything in our life? He's worthy of it tonight. He's worthy of it tonight. He wept over these people's unbelief. Notice Luke 19. You say, well, preacher, I think He wept because they were upset and He was upset. Well, when you preach it, you preach it that way. But I feel that the biggest problem was the unbelief of that family and those people that day. And there's no doubt God cares about what we're going through. And He weeps with us. But the thing that rips His soul out the most is when we're not trusting Him. Notice in Luke 19 and 41, And when He was come near, He beheld the city and wept over it. He wept over the unbelief of a, of a man or a family. Then He wept over the sin of a nation. He looked at the sin of the nation or at the city there of Jerusalem. Remember, the city of Jerusalem is where God put His name. This was a holy city. This city was to represent the Lord in all of His doings. But when Jesus looked over the city, He seen the sin of the people. And He began to weep. He began to weep over this city that He had given all for, that He loved dearly, because they had rejected Him. They were living this pagan lifestyle, and it ripped the heart of God out to see the sin of the people. I believe it rips the heart out to see our unbelief. But I believe it rips the heart of God out to see the sin of the people. I believe sin still stirs the heart of our God. 
I believe that sin still stirs an Almighty God. Let me tell you, God is holy. God is righteous. And everything about Him is perfect. May I tell you, He cannot fellowship with sin. God does not like sin. He'll never have communion with sin. He'll never be in one accord with sin. It cannot happen. You say, preacher, tell me one thing that can't happen. Let me tell you what can't happen. God cannot commune with sin. It can't happen. It never has and it never will. And so when he sees his people that he wants to fellowship with, living in sin, it ripped his heart out to the place he began to weep over the actions of the people. If you turn your news on, and you see all of this mess, and it doesn't rip your heart out, you may need to check your salvation tonight. If the sins of this nation doesn't bother you, something's wrong with you tonight. If this homosexuality and this same-sex marriage and abortion that is going on worse than the Hitler days, man, may I tell you, if this doesn't rip your heart out, something is wrong. We ought to weep over the sins of our nation. We ought to weep over the things that our children is doing used to. I remember there was a day when Mama and Daddy put their head down and they said, "What? You know, what's wrong? What's wrong?" Well, my kids, you know, they 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 had a baby out of wedlock. That used to be an embarrassing thing. Mama and Daddy used to weep over that. You don't weep over that anymore. That's just one of the one of the things of life now. And we could go on down the road of how we have changed and how we don't weep over sin anymore. Because if we say something, we may hurt somebody's feelings. Do you imagine, can you imagine the feelings of Jesus when He looked over that city? Whose feelings are you more worried about? The feelings of people around you or the feelings of God? And when God looked down upon that city, that city was wicked and He wept over them. He cried and He cried bitter, bitter tears. And I believe that all that came back and all that was restored in Jerusalem is because the tears of Jesus Christ that He wept over them. He cared enough that He cried. It's not popular. But let me tell you something. If anybody cares, it ought to be us. Have y'all ever looked at the TV and asked the question, does anybody care anymore? <laughs> does anybody care doesn't it affect any? Does, it, does anybody have a conscience? God still does. He still cares. And as He looks down, He sees our sin and He weeps over it. Look in Hebrews chapter 5. Lord have mercy. I don't know if I can preach this. Do you see that He wept over the unbelief of this family and look at the great miracle that took place that day as you see him weeping over the sins of a nation over the sins of cities how cities have come back and and, and received revival because jesus wept over them he cared about them hebrews 5 in verse 7 who in the days of his flesh this is talking about jesus when He had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto Him that was able to save Him from death. 
and was heard in that that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Verse 7 goes back to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it speaks of the bitter tears that our Savior shed that day in the Garden of Gethsemane. That He took a drink of our bitter cup. You see, in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus went there to pray, there that day He beheld the sins of not just the city of Jerusalem, of not just the nation of Israel, but He took on the sins of all mankind. And every action that would ever go against the Word of God, and every thought and every belief that would oppose who God is, Jesus took it upon Himself that day. And the Bible said that, that He began to sweat great drops of blood. And, and medical uh, things tell us today that the only time that that can happen is when somebody is stressed to the ultimate max. I mean they are stressed to the point that there is nothing else to do, that they begin to sweat drops of blood. This reveals to us the place that our Savior was in that night when He went in that garden and He took the cup of Josh Llewellyn and He took the cup of E. Jeffers and He took the cup of Bobby Shockley and He got that cup and He began to drink that cup. And my sin was so much upon my Savior that He began to sweat great drops of blood. And He began to weep with tears of agony and pain. That He began to weep over my soul and my sin every time that I would mess up, every mistake that I ever made. There in the garden that day, He cried over it. And He took my bitter cup and He drank every last drop of it. Amen? He drank it right there in the garden of Gethsemane. And He wept over my sin. And He wept over my lifestyle. And He wept over my disbelief. He wept every time that I was going to disbelieve. He wept every time that I was going to be foolish and, and not follow Him. He wept over every single time. And He drank every bit of it right there in that garden. And He drank my bitter cup. And He took it upon Himself. And He took it to Golgotha's Hill. All the tears that came running down that day. They hammered them nails in His hand and in His feet. They put that crown of thorns on His head. And the blood of Jesus began to run down. All the tears that began to run down upon His face as the crowd cried, Crucify Him! As the crowd said, he, 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 He's a scoffer! He's a mocker! He, he's this! He's that! As they cussed Him! As they beat Him! As they stoned Him! As they mocked Him! He cried bitter tears. And He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, that's my Jesus tonight. He said, Father, forgive them. And there He began to weep. And He died. But no Roman soldier killed Him. He gave up His life. <laughs> oh, the devil thought He had Him. Oh, the devil said, Oh man, I got Him now. I got Him right where I want Him. Oh, that devil's so ignorant. <laughs> Amen. Three days later was coming. Jesus was going to get up out of the grave. He was going to defeat death, hell, and the grave that day. Defeat every sin that we would ever commit. And though there was tears there that day on Golgotha, may I tell you, joy cometh in the morning. 
May I tell you, joy comes in the morning. And on that third morning, when they went to the, to the tomb, and that stone was rolled away, glory to God, there was joy. There was joy that Jesus was not there. That Peter and John took off running and He wasn't there. He wasn't there. They didn't kill Him. They didn't get Him. Jesus rose again the third day. That's joy, friend. That's joy. And it all started with an humble servant named Jesus began to shed tears for you and me. Joy cometh in the morning. <laughs> Joy cometh in the morning. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. There's a time for weeping, but bless God, there's a time for reaping. May I tell you that God's going to bless your tears. May I tell you that God blessed the tears of Jesus Christ. He blessed every tear He ever shed. And bless God, today the whole world can be saved because of the tears that He shed for us. Amen? There's a time for weeping, but bless God, there's a time for reaping. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Oh, what a harvest! Grandma, let me tell you something. You cry over that grandbaby and that baby all you want to. And you cry your heart out. And you cry and you cry and cry. Because you got a promise. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. As you plant that seed of the Word of God, you water that seed with the tears of that grandma, with the tears of that grandpa, with the tears of that mama and that daddy. Man, ain't you glad somebody cares about us? Enough to fertilize that seed with the tears of God's people. May I tell you, Grandma, don't quit. Grandpa, don't quit. You keep weeping for your children. You keep weeping for your nation. You stay burdened and you stay convicted. Joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. Can I just get excited for a minute? Can I just, can I just get excited for a minute? I'm sick of death. I'm sick of cancer. I'm sick of confusion and chaos. But bless God, joy is coming in the morning. And there's going to come a morning that eastern sky is going to split wide open. And all of this heartache and all of this mess that we have faced, it's going to be worth it all when we get to see Jesus. Because joy is coming in the morning. You keep crying them tears. It's alright because God's going to bless them. God's going to bless them. I'll never forget those nights that I come in and I could hear my mama just weeping could hear weeping. Oh God, my baby. Oh God, my son. You won't talk about under conviction now. I heard every prayer that woman cried. And she wept and she wept. Joy cometh in the morning. You stay faithful. Don't you quit. You pray through it and God's going to bless your prayers. I don't know what we're going to. It's horrible. But joy is coming in the morning. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Mama, Daddy, maybe you just got to get at the altar tonight and weep for your children. I cry over my kids probably more than anybody I've ever cried over. Every time we send them out the door, the unknown. The things that they see, the things that they hear, the things that they go through. The weeping that we do for our children. 
And it's just beginning. They're not even teenagers yet. Oh, mercy. Can't imagine what's going to happen when they're teenagers. Just get me a box of Kleenex, I guess. But joy cometh in the morning. You stay faithful and you pray. And don't you quit. Connor, come here. Kaylin, come here. Kenny, Kate, where are you? Come here. You're not in trouble. She done took her shoes off. She thinks she's on holy ground. Every tear is worth it. These three right here are worth every tear that this daddy will ever shed for them. And I'm, I've already shed a lot, and I'm going to shed more. But every tear is worth it for these three right here. It's worth it. It's worth it getting at the altar for. It's worth it continuing on serving the Lord. It's worth it staying on my face, praying and crying over them. The world they're going to have to grow up in, the things, Brother Steve, that they're going to hear, the lifestyles that they're going to be taught is okay. Somebody needs to weep over them. They're worth it. They're worth it. Start playing, Miss Jennifer. This altar is open tonight.